Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. Wonderful Jesus, wonderful Savior. To you belongs the glory, the honor, the power, dominion, majesty, and authority. You are God Almighty. Who are we, Lord? Like David said, who am I and who is my Father's house? Who are we, Lord, that we should be your children and your servants? Truly amazing grace. And I pray that this night you'll bless your people who are here and those who are watching around the world. Bless them, Lord, with your word, with your knowledge, the knowledge of you, who you are. Thank you for what you're about to do and thank you for all you've done over the years. Truly, Lord, it's overwhelming just thinking about it. And yet there's so much more to do, so much more to see. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise. And God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. I was thinking about 2015 when, when we all thought I was going to go home back then. And Michael and Jessica and Joshua were there with me in the hospital. And I thought, this is it. We're going to go home. And they all thought I was dying. The doctor said, had you been late one day, you'd be gone because I had congestive heart failure. And I was just thinking, just sitting here, God kept me alive to see this. I, I, really, I really believe that God kept me alive to see this. Because what, what, what if that didn't happen back then? Maybe I would be gone by now. Uh, Tashi, my precious Tashi, who's younger than Jesse, called Jessica. She said, you better get over here quick. She said, Daddy isn't doing well. And it was Jessica that came and said, you're going to the doctor now. And, you know, she's always been strong. You're going now. And uh, so I was gone, and we all went to this amazing doctor named uh, Dr. Tiansung from the Philippines. And he looked at me, and he, he grabbed my hand. He began crying, and, and didn't even know who he was. He took my hand, he said, I know who you are, I watch you on television, and I will not let you die. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm dying. Because <laughs> here's a doctor out of nowhere, grabbing your hand, I never saw him in my life, I never heard his name, and he grabs my hand, and he starts weeping, the guy starts crying. And he says, I know who you are, been watching you on TV, but I won't let you die. And I'm thinking, oh dear God. And these nurses, well, they took me to, of course, where I had to be taken care of. And the nurses were just running around everywhere. And they gave me LASIK and all that stuff. And, and one of the nurses, I guess, said something or did something she wasn't supposed to. And one of the other nurses says, and she screamed at her. She said, I'm trying to save his life. Stop it. And I thought, oh, dear God, this is like, could happen any minute. Well, shalom, you know. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't know, you know, I mean, when God wants us all home, we're going to go home. And uh, 
that was quite a wicked upper. That, that things can happen like that. But God had a plan. And my mom, right after that, she said, no, she, she's in heaven now. What an amazing mama I had. And she said, you will, your strength will come back. God is not done with you. And here, you know, this year something starts happening that I never thought would happen again. I thought this is it, you know. I'm 71. This is the time to slow down. And the first lady of Kenya showed up here back in the fall of last year. Uh, early fall, anyway, September, somewhere there. And she said, we want you to come to our country for a nationwide crusade. And I said, well, I'm not sure if I can do it, but, I mean, I'll pray about it. I'm thinking, like, physically, all that, you know, that's a lot. It takes a lot, of, you know, out of you physically and mentally, too. And she said, no, she said, the Lord spoke to us that you are the man to come and hold a crusade in our nation and in our capital for the healing of the country. And then she said, we as a nation want to repent. And we want you to lead it. And I'm thinking, like, repent about what? I'm not sure what she meant by repent. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, we, we have not treated uh, God's servants right. And she said, we didn't feel we, we, you were treated right when you came. And I was there years before that. We had a million people then. And I thought I was treated wonderful. And I said, well, thank you, you know, for what you're saying, but uh, I'll gladly come for whatever the Lord wants to do. I had no idea uh, back in the fall what kind of, of, of event this will be. This is going to happen next Saturday and Sunday. And I fly out on Wednesday. And it's massive. Every church, and I mean every church, including the Catholic church, is involved, like every church. Nobody has said no, because who can say no to the president? <laughs> this, is, this is literally the, the invitation of the president and his wife. And now I'm told, of course, Marie Dawn is there already. She was sending me pictures and, and text and, text and all that. Every, whoever they are, big name will be there. And uh, people are flying in from even the U.S. that used to work in our crusades years ago. They're all coming back. Uh, even my brothers are coming. I think, oh, dear God, this is going to be too much. <laughs> so it's going to be something. But the thing that I want you to pray for, and that's why we're going to pray tonight for this and what God is doing here, what God wants to do. And also, let's pray for this, for this nation here that needs a mighty move of God. But anyways, uh, I'm kind of a little numb and speechless because of what I'm hearing going on over there. Uh, even ambassadors of, diff of different countries are going to be on the platform. Unbelievers. This is not just about, this is called the big billboards. They have billboards all over the city and, and, the, and the country, literally. The trucks on all the streets with billboards on them in every city. So this will be massive, probably bigger than maybe I'm expecting right now. But I, I, I will never forget what 
my brother William told me a few weeks ago, he said, he said, the Lord is, is going to give you a short season of doing crusades again. I said, I don't know if I can do it physically. So I went to Ghana a few weeks ago. I'm thinking, the Lord, can I do Ghana and then Kenya and then Nigeria in, at the end of March? I'm thinking, well, only God can give me strength for that. So uh, I didn't think that w would happen, but it's happening. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something that is really remarkable. Everybody, and I mean everybody, wants Jesus' image to come to their countries. Ghana and now Kenya. And 80% of the population of Kenya are young people. So think about the impact you are going to have after I'm done in those nations. The, the world has never been as hungry for God as they are today. Never in, in all the history of the world. Because everyone knows there's danger ahead. Everybody's afraid of what could happen. And the young people around the world today, I was stunned. And I'm going to start teaching very quickly, but i got to tell you this. I was stunned in, in, uh, in Ghana. There was 10,000 young people in that building, 11,000 outside who couldn't get in every night. Maybe, and they said even more than that, but the first night was 11,000 kids outside. The excitement, the, the, the pull they had on me, I, I was just blown away by it. Because everything I would say, they would jump up and start screaming, you know, and pull it out of you. There's the power of God that hit that place. They have a university that can sleep 10,000 kids. 10,000 at one time can sleep on the mountains, this amazing university. Dear Pastor Dag has the largest ministry in all of Ghana. His son Joshua did not want the ministry at all. When I was there years ago, I pulled him out of the crowd and prophesied over him. And today God is using that young man, like all of you, he's young, an amazing family, amazing wife he has, to shake the nation. And he's a young man, he's not an older guy. I'm seeing all these young people today around the world literally shaking their countries for God with boldness, like fire boldness in them. So it gives us hope about tomorrow for even this country here. So thank God for it. And the people said? Amen. So tonight when we, let's just look at the scriptures. And I'm going to have Dion help me. And David, would you mind helping? Where are you? You're right there, David, my David. Okay. You, do, you did a good job, David, doing the offering. And I'm really happy that I'm about to, in a few days, and it was have another granddaughter. I'm really pr very pleased and happy. <laughs> He'll make it eight grandchildren now. Well, uh, three right here, and Tasha has two, and now you got two, that's seven, and little Eliana is in the oven. Hopefully she stays there. Oh, uh, yeah, she's... What a precious, precious uh, baby she's going to be. Two, three beautiful granddaughters. Wow. I'm a blessed man. All right. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. And um, 
This is very, and I'm going to just take about half an hour to minister the word, and then we're going to pray, because I think it's important to see the power of prayer. Uh, Acts 1 verse 8, please, Dion, and Acts 1 verse 4. Well, actually, Dion, you can read verse 8 and 4, and then David's going to read Isaiah 40 verse 31. But let's begin with Acts 1 verse 8. And Lord, we thank you for what you're about to do. People said, Amen. Okay, let's go. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Okay, now let's look at Acts 1-4, please. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. So waiting on God is what brought the power later. If you want God to use you, there's only one answer. Prayer. There's such incredible power that is released when we really are serious about prayer. Not selfish prayers. True prayer. Isaiah 40 verse 31, David, please. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. This is a very interesting and powerful verse. They that wait upon the Lord. Upon the Lord. Upon the Lord means there's a relationship here. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, meaning spiritually. We can have no strength against the enemy or the flesh without prayer. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, means they will know the current of the winds of the Spirit. Because when you pray, you, be, you, you begin to discern where the winds are. And you begin to know when to surrender to them. The Holy Spirit is like wind. You do, not, you do not know where it's coming from or going to. You cannot fight that wind when it, it comes your way. The only thing you can do is spread your wings and surrender to that wind and it will carry you. So in prayer we receive discernment on where the winds are moving and how to surrender to those winds at the right moment. We begin to know the currents of the winds of the spirit. That's how you surrender. And then it says they shall run, meaning you're gonna catch up with where God wants you to be. And in the Christian life, running comes before walking, not the other way around. Because you have to catch up before you can walk and fellowship with the Lord. So prayer not only gives you strength and discernment, it gives you speed where you catch up with God and catch up with where you've, the things you have lost are right back. There's restoration in prayer. And it happens very quickly when you pray properly. And I'm going to show you what it says about that. So, let's, let's ask these questions. Whom does God hear? Well, let's look at these scriptures. Luke 18, 
Dion. Let's look at verse 9 through 14 because it says something very important that God hears those who are humble before him. And then, David, you're going to read Psalm 34, 15, and 17. But let's first read Luke 18, 9 through 14. Dion, please. And he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, as extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And heard. Only the humble are heard. Number two, the righteous. Psalm 34, 15 and 17. And then, Leon, you're going to go to Psalm 145, verse 18 and 19. But God hears the humble and the righteous. Psalm 34, verse 15, David, and verse 17. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are upon unto their cry, are open unto their cry. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The righteous means God's children. No, God does not hear sinners. The only prayer that he'll hear is, save me, Lord, when it comes to a sinner. Because he only hears his children. I know some people don't like that, but it's in the Bible. It's right there. You just read that the Lord hears the righteous when the righteous cry, the Lord hears, not when the sinner cries. So the only prayer that God will hear a sinner when he prays is when he says, save me, Lord. And then he'll hear them after that. And then the Lord here will hear those who fear him. Psalm 145, verse 18 and 19. And then, David, you're going to read for us later, First John 3, 22. But let's read it there, Dion. Psalm 145, verse 18 and 19, please. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. It's wonderful, isn't it? God hears the humble, the righteous, and those who fear him. And fear him means they stand in awe of him. They revere him. And then in 1 John three twenty-two, David, whom does God hear? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You got it. Do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Read that again, please. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. First John 3, verse 22. Okay? You got that, right? Yes, sir. Thank you. Now... Prevailing prayer, though, is possible only when we do one thing, and that is in John 15, verse 7, 
Dion, abiding in Jesus is the greatest secret of, of prevailing prayer. You cannot truly pray without being connected to the Lord, abiding in him. So let's read that. John 15, verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So you, you see the key here, that prevailing prayer is impossible without abiding in the Lord, because it says, if you abide in me, whatever you ask, I'll give you. I'm just giving you scriptures, not my opinion here. So like a branch has no independent life on its own, so we, even our prayers, become the outcome of the life of Jesus in us. Can I say it again? Yes. So, like a branch has no independent life without the vine. So we, even our prayers, become the outcome of his life in us, who is the vine. Because he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Meaning when we pray, it is the outcome of his life in each one of us. That's not we are praying, that's the spirit of prayer in us. That's why we have to wait upon the Lord. The secret I learned about prayer is waiting. Waiting quickens you to pray. Otherwise, all you do is repeat words that mean nothing. It is better, it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Can I say it again? It is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Because when you pray, it's your heart talking. And a lot of people will not wait upon the Lord. They just start talking. And that doesn't go nowhere because there's no heart behind it. And that is when selfish prayer begins, because all they talk about is themselves. Or they pray things that are not truly even biblical to think about. Like, please, Lord, kill my enemies, or whatever. <laughs> they, they, they pray selfish prayers, things that are not biblical at all, see? So it's important to wait upon the Lord. Let him quicken you. Psalm 80, verse 18 is a powerful verse. It says, quicken me and then I'll call on you. You, you. you wait for God to quicken your spirit. So let's put that beautiful verse up for them. Psalm 80, verse 80, like 80, verse 18. It says, quicken me, Lord, and then I'll call on you. Is it up there yet? Yep. Uh, I thought it was. Okay. So... Psalm, I may have given you the wrong scripture. Okay, so we will not go back, quicken us, and we will call upon your name. So only when you really wait can God quicken you. So this is important, very, very important, that you wait upon the Lord. Let God Almighty do the work within you. And all you need to do is just wait, let him do it. All right, now, prayer has power. The, the minute that prayer begins to work in you, the real prayer, that is heart prayer rather than mind prayer, 
brain produce prayers will do nothing. Wait till God quickens your heart, and then you'll hear yourself pray. You will be amazed by what you'll say to the Lord, because it's coming from the Holy Spirit. Remember, we know not how to pray as we ought. Okay? So, we're talking about praying in the Spirit, not with the Spirit. With the Spirit is tongues. That's mysteries unto God. We don't even know what we're saying. And that is also important, and I'm not going to get into that tonight. But most prayer meetings are tongues, where they're really, many times it's praise more than prayer. But anyways, and the reason I say it is because there are three kinds of tongues that the Bible talks about, and I don't want to get, get into this. But... The important things, the important thing, or maybe I should tell you quickly since I said it. The first prayer in tongues was in Acts 2 when they understood what they were saying and they were praising the Lord. And these were real languages. The second is where you speak mysteries unto God that no one understands. So the first time you see tongues, they all understood what they were saying in, in the book of Acts in, in Jerusalem. But then Paul writes about how it's mysteries that no one understands. That's a different tongue than, than the one in Acts 2. And the third one is the tongue that has, has been interpreted as prophecy. So there are three types of tongues. So when people pray most of the time, they really praise the Lord. And we need that because praise drives them, really all demons out. Praise is very powerful. Okay? Now... Prayer in the Spirit is what really has results. Is when you wait and, and look, look, it's going to happen tonight right here. Amen. And, and the reason I know it is because the atmosphere is moist already. It's not, it won't take long for that quickening to happen in you. Now, the minute that prayer begins, number one, it will reveal you to you. In Isaiah 6, 5, let's read that quickly, please, Dion. And uh, David, you're going to read Psalm 19, verse 12 and 13. But that prayer literally has such power that when you begin to pray, God reveals yourself to yourself. And that's important. So it says in Isaiah 6, verse 5, Dion. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. God could not have used him till he saw himself. Because the second you see yourself, you throw yourself upon the Lord. You become dependent upon him completely. And then God says, who will go? And Isaiah said, I'm ready. So he could not be ready till he saw himself. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. When Peter fell and said, Lord, I'm a sinner, depart from me, he said, now you're going to win souls. You have to see who you are before, you, before you, you can see who God is in you. I, I think you missed this one. You have to see your weakness before you see his strength. Your inability before you see his power. You come to the place to say, who am I and who's my father's house? I can't do this. I think I all told you many times, uh, you know, when, when I would be in those crusades, I would sit and look, Lord, and I would look at that crowd and say, Lord, who am I even to be standing here? 
Because I knew myself more than anybody else. So you give God the glory. It's not you doing it anyways. So, prayer reveals it to you. And prayer in Psalm 19 verse 12 and 13 says, will cleanse you from secret sins. Okay, David, go ahead. Psalm 19, 12 and 13. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Powerful. That prayer will not only reveal your sins to you, it will deliver you from them. Secret sins means you don't know them. God reveals your inner self to you first, and then he, he will reveal your sins to you. And now there's a cry that says, Lord, don't let them have dominion over my life. There's a, a cry for holiness as a result of God revealing your weaknesses. And then, this is something powerful. Psalm 17, verse 5, Dion. And then you're going to go to Psalm 141, verse 3. But in Psalm 17, verse 5, it says something powerful. Go ahead, Dion. Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. Aha. Uh -huh. Lord, hold me up so I won't slip. Now, these are all prayers of the saints. Don't let me fall, Lord. Don't let me slip, Lord. Hold me up. Only prayer has power to hold you up and keep you going. So when you pray, think about what I'm telling you. It'll reveal you to you. It'll reveal your sins to your husband and cry to God. It, will, it has power to hold you up and keep you going with God so you won't slip. And then, here's Psalm 141, verse 3. David, please. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. You know what is so remarkable? When you pray, nothing filthy will come out of your lips. You always know when somebody has prayed, they speak holy things. And you know when somebody has not been praying, all the filth comes out. Well, it's, 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 it's quite clear that prayer keeps your mouth under control. So simple. Read that again, please, David. Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before Set my mouth. Set a watch, O Lord, over my tongue. Keep going. Keep the door of my lips. Yeah, keep that mouth of mine locked up. <laughs> That's what he said by door. Keep the door of my lips. Control my tongue, Lord. And, here's, and, and this is all the part of prayer. Now, here's something that is so remarkable to me, and that's in Psalm 119, verse 18, Dion, that happens to you as you pray, you begin to see what? Look at that. Psalm 119, verse 18, Dion. It says, Oh, open thy mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Open my eyes, Lord, so I can... Watch and see wondrous things out of your word. The part of prayer is so powerful, it unlocks the Bible for you. It reveals the word to you. In a way, there's no way you can see it any other way. But the minute you pray, it's like the, the fog lifts. The blockage goes, and it's clear. And you see the wondrous word of the Lord. And now, here's something that is so blessed. And that's in Acts 2.4. When you pray, 
there's such power that the Holy Spirit will come upon your life in fullness. Because it says in Acts 2.4, David, Acts 2.4, something very familiar to all of us. So please go and let me hear you. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now that power came as a result of prayer because the Lord said, wait till you be endued with power in Acts, 4, uh, in Acts 1. Now the power comes. So this is very important. In this very building, the Lord spoke to me years ago to have prayer meetings at 6 a.m. on Tuesdays and 6 a.m. on Saturdays. And I was never and still am not a morning uh, person. But the Lord said, I want you there at 6 a.m. every Tuesday with the people, pray with them, then they can go. This place was as full as this at 6 a.m. With people praying. Every Tuesday, we had this crowd here at 6 a.m. And here's what I said. I said, if I'm coming, you better come. And they came. Then on Saturday they came. And the power of God hit this building about four or five months later. That just didn't stop for years. Because when you pray, the glory comes. And the lines were so, after that, the lines were so massive outside, you couldn't get near that building on Sunday. Or Wednesday nights. Because that's what prayer does. It wasn't because of us. We just took God at, at his word that when we pray that, that the Holy Ghost will fall. And he did. And the face of Jesus showed up on that wall for eight weeks. See that wall right there under that sound board? The Lord's face showed up for eight weeks there. And we thought first it was the lights. It was not the lights. When we shut the lights, it was still there. And what was so remarkable that people saw with, that, with, with, with their eyes. When I would preach, his mouth would move on the wall in this room. People came from all over the world to see the Lord's face on the wall. Because we were praying. Get praying. Take, take this seriously. Messages will do great things, but when you pray, God will come in. And the greater will happen, not the great will greater than these shall you do when you pray you're about to enter you as a ministry are about to enter the, into the most amazing season of your life on the condition you pray and you have to do what we did for months this didn't just go for a few weeks we prayed every Tuesday morning for months every Saturday for months, people came from all over just to pray in the morning. And I only would, I, I kept them here for one hour, from six to seven, so they can go and work. And people pack this place out to pray. Lord, do it again. Yes. All right, now, let me talk to you quickly about a few other things that happened to the Lord himself that I think are powerful. Then we're going to stop and pray. Because I'm going to show you what happened to him as he prayed. But first... Uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 9, David. Prayer, Michael and Jesse, prayer will cause you to walk by the rivers of God where you will not stumble and make mistakes. When you pray like we were about to pray tonight, the rivers will flow and you will not stumble. The reason people stumble is they don't pray. 
So Jeremiah 31 verse 9, please on the screen, very, very powerful verse. They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. They're, they're going to come praying because it says with supplications. I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by what? The rivers of waters in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble. When we pray, we don't make mistakes like we do when we don't pray. They will not stumble. For I'm a father to Israel. Ephraim is my firstborn. But look at this amazing promise that when we come with weeping and supplication, God will lead us. Number two, he'll cause us to walk by the rivers. Because we don't know where they are, but he does. And in a straight way not crooked way, and we will not stumble. That's quite marvelous, isn't it? That's what prayer does. Now, let's talk about the Lord. Let's go to Luke 3, verse 31, Dion, and Mark 1, 35, David. And this is very quickly, but very important to see that the Lord himself understood the power. So, Luke 3, verse 21, Dion, please. It says, now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. All right, now, why, why did he pray? It says, he knew what? He knew that prayer will give him strength to face the devil later. Because he was tempted after that. So being baptized and praying, the heavens opened. He, he wasn't talking to some person. He was talking to his father while being baptized. That's where the, the, the key in baptism is. When you get baptized, don't just talk to someone. Start praying right in that baptismal tank. Because there's power with that. And Jesus knew he would need the power of God for it. So he began his ministry with prayer. When, when he was baptized, he, he just began his ministry in prayer. Number two, in Mark 1.35, it said the anointing that he had received was kept because of prayer. Mark 1.35, please. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. So it says that he prayed in the morning, the anointing he received in the baptism while praying in Luke 3 was kept later on his life. Because no matter, please hear this, no matter how powerful the anointing on a life is, it is sustained only as you pray. And the Lord knew that. So he receives the anointing, praying as he's being baptized. He maintains it as he kept praying. And in Luke 3, 6, and 11, and 12, it was prayer that kept him safe from the evil plans of the Pharisees. Look at Luke 6, 11, and 12. Dion, so sorry. It says, and they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. 
And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. Stop, stop, wait. They were planning to harm him. What did he do after that? He went and prayed. You see the connection. The, the plans were dismantled when he prayed. One more time, this is important. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Ah, now you have to connect both together. Keep it on that screen. They wanted to harm the Lord. They wanted to stop him. But he knew the secret, didn't he? In verse 11, they were filled with madness. Rage is the Greek word. They were planning one with another what to do to stop him. And you have to re remember they had a lot of authority given to them by Rome. They could have done something if they wanted to. But those plans were canceled in verse 12. Because in verse 12... Let's go to it, please. In those days, he went out to a mountain. Prayed all night. He knew exactly why he was praying. It was prayer that kept him safe from his enemies. It'll keep you safe from yours. If there's something planned against you, and who knows, maybe somebody needs this, get on your knees and pray. It'll be dismantled in one night. I don't care what it is. I've, I've, I've had it happen in my, in my own life, whether it's lawsuits or you name it. Prayer, fix it all up. But people just won't take, won't take the time. They just cry for five minutes and then go, uh-uh. Stay till you know it's done. I did that for years. I remember a man named David Maines in Canada who began Crossroads in Huntley Street. He was a dear friend of our family a great saint of God. I went to him one day. I said, why am I under attack? He said, to keep you on your knees, Benny. Sometimes that's why God allows attacks. <laughs> keep you in prayer. Keep you safe. Okay, Luke 6.13. All decisions that the Lord made were made in prayer. Luke 6.13, David. And then you're going to read John 6. 15 through 21, Dion, I'm just giving you the Bible. I'm not talking, I'm just giving you the Bible. And Jessica is very happy about that. <laughs> Luke 6, 13, please, David. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. S Simon, whom now, he now, also... Now, you've got you've to remember, you have to connect it to what we just read earlier. Did you see that or not? Let's go back to Luke 6. Let's look at verse 13. Uh, sorry, verse, verse 11. They were filled with madness. Verse 12. Verse 12. He prayed and dismantled their madness and plans. And verse 13. He chose disciples. It was all prayer that did it. So he, they, they wanted to harm him. He prayed and canceled that one. And he prayed, and after he prayed, the next thing it says, 
When the day came, he prayed all night, right? Tucker, are you listening? He prayed all night. He prayed all night. That mustache is something else on here. But then when he got up in the morning, he chose disciples, which means God told him who to choose while he was praying at night. Comprende? It's all there. All right, let's look at something else. This is very powerful. John six fifteen through 21. Um, I want to show you how it was the Lord's prayer that saved Peter. It's the Lord's prayer. Because of prayer, God's plan was saved, and later his disciples' lives were saved. Let me show it to you. We've got to put a few verses together here to show you this, okay? And the life of Peter was saved because of prayer. So John 6, 15 through 21, Dion, please. And when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea. Now let's stop a minute here because you're, they, we, we, we're going to miss a lot here because it's so powerful. So reread that verse 15 and I'm going to stop you and say something, please. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force. By force to make him a king, he prayed to, dis to dismantle their plan and save God's plan of salvation. Because had they made him king, you and I would not be sitting here right now. And then, keep going. And when evening was come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them. Keep going. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh and unto the ship, and they were afraid. Keep but, going. But he said unto them, It is I, do not be afraid. Look at verse 21. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the immediately ship... Immediately the ship was at land. That means he saved their life from death. Or otherwise the ship would not have been translated to the land. The storm was so severe, their life was saved by that ship literally moving right like this to the land. What did it? Prayer. Because in what, we, what you just saw, it says when they came to make him king, he went alone to pray to dismantle their plans to make him king. And now, they're on the boat. His disciples are on the boat. A storm hits, he comes walking, and the second he gets in the boat, he, he didn't say, peace be still, the whole, that whole world went right to the land. What did it? Prayer. Maybe you never, you, you've never seen those scriptures in your life. Well, I'm glad I'm showing them to you. But let me show you something else. I'm going to show you, I can shout now, but I'll behave myself. This is so incredibly powerful. It's even blessing me. Good, it's right. I'm going to take you to John 6, 44. Now, David, you're going to read three portions for me. 
In fact, you're going to read John 6.44, and then you're going to read Luke 9.18, and then you're going to read Matthew 16.13 to 17, because it's one connection here. And the connection is, the connection is that it was prayer that revealed Jesus to Peter. Remember when he said, whom do men say that I am? He said, you are the Christ. It was the Lord's prayer earlier that caused Peter to say those words. I'm going to show it to you. But we can see all three together. So, prayer revealed Jesus to Peter and set in motion God's plan for Peter's life. So let's begin with John 6, 44. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Okay, so that is clear. No man can come to me except the Father sends him to me, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Good. Now let's go to Luke 9, 18. And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? Now, what was he doing before he asked them that question? Praying. Read that again, David. And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? Okay, now, Matthew 16 does not say that he was praying. We see it in Luke 9 that he was praying. Now let's go to Matthew 16. Let's look at verse 13 to 17. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now this is amazing to me because if you put Luke and Matthew together, you find that it was the prayer of Jesus that caused Peter to say what he said. Because I just showed you in John, no man can come without the Father bringing him. No man can come. No man would know who I am, in other words, is what Jesus was saying. Then you put that together with Luke. He was praying before he ever said, Whom do men say I am? You go to, to this amazing portion in the Gospel of Matthew. It doesn't mention him praying. It just says, he asked the question. And Peter says, you're the Christ. You put all that together, you come with one answer. It was the prayer of Jesus that opened the eyes of Peter. How powerful prayer is. And finally... Luke 22, verse 31 to 22. I think you all know that, but I think what happened earlier that I showed you in John 6, that it was prayer that, got, that saved the disciples. What if they were dead? Peter would not have been able to hear these words from the Lord, which we're, we're about to read. Luke 22, please, Dion. Verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, 
that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So, when you look at the life of Jesus, it was prayer in Luke 3 that brought the power of God on his life. Number two, it was prayer that maintained the power of God on his life. Number three, it was prayer that kept him safe from the Pharisees' plan. Number four, all decisions were made by prayer in his life. Number five, it was because of prayer, John 6, that God's plan was rescued and the disciples' lives were rescued. Number six, it was because of prayer that Peter understood who Jesus was. And finally, it was prayer that saved Peter from the devil himself who wanted to destroy him. Joel, go ahead. I need you. Now, once I've given you all that, you need to pray. And all I gave you is the Bible. I didn't give you my opinions. But I want to give you one more portion. You've got to look at the difference, at the change. This has been one of the most blessed portions in my life that I've looked and read over and over. Psalm 3, verse 1 to 6. I want you to see the change in David's life when he prayed. What was his condition like before he prayed? And what was his condition like after he prayed? Before he prayed, he said, Lord, I have many enemies. More than I can count. After he prayed, he said, I don't care. I'm going to go and take a nap. And then I'm not afraid if there's thousands of them. So Psalm 3 on the screen, please. Verse 1 through 6. Lord, oh dear God, I've been there. How are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. He's in trouble. Maybe it's you right now that's feeling like that. Anybody feels like that? Put your hands up high. Come on. Up, up, up. I want to sit high. Okay, Nathan. I'm going to give you the, the way out. I faced more troubles in my life than you'll ever face in your life. When a major network came to destroy me. And I prayed. It was so dangerous. And when I prayed, peace filled my soul in such a way I didn't care. And I got on TBN, did behind the scenes that same day. And a preacher called me in California and said, how do you, how, how do, you do this? I said, why? He said, you're so joyful and they're going to destroy you tonight on TV. I said, nobody can destroy me. I said, if God called me, nobody can touch me. I said, if they, can if they can destroy me, I don't need them to destroy me. I would have destroyed myself. Had God not called me, I would not be even here. And I was so rejoicing on, T on TBN that that preacher in California thought I was lying to him. And Oral Roberts was watching, and Evelyn, and I went to their home, and they said through your eyes, Benny, we saw God on that program. Because I was completely at peace. That psalm did it in my life. Because when I read that, I said, this is my answer. Imagine if a whole network came to destroy you. You've not had that happen, have you? I have. Three times, not just once. How are they increased that trouble me? 
Many are they that rise up against me. Even on my staff, people were being paid by the network to talk. I was walking up here, back behind that wall, having been told by a major network, well, I'll tell you, it was CNN, that our staff was talking to them. It was, I was so troubled by that. Like, how can they betray the work, the work of the Lord? And I'm walking with, with the main man that did the, the broadcast. He was the uh, fellow that did the story. He and I became friends, surprisingly. And I'll never forget, I said, who's talking to you? He said, if I would tell you, you'd, you'd, you'd have a heart attack. That's what he said to me. He said, if I should tell you who's talking to us, you'll have a heart attack. I said, don't tell me. But that psalm kept me. How are they increased? Including on your staff. Let's pray. It'll never happen here. Many are they that rise up against me. Number two. Verse, next verse. Next verse. Many there be which say, there's no help for him. <laughs> I've been there too. It's over for you. Goodbye. There's a guy out there, used to be our uh, maintenance guy. I'll never forget walking outside, baby, walking out here. And he was uh, cleaning the grass or this or that. He said, well, how come you're so happy they're going to destroy you tonight? The guy that was working on staff, cutting the grass out there, thought this is it, this is over. He, he said, I'm looking for a job because I know this place will, will not be here after, after tonight. He, he was one of those boys. There's no help. I've, I've been there. But look what does it, people. And, and if I shout, let me. Yes. Verse 3. Verse 3. All right. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. Look at this, Elijah. Next verse. I'll bless you, brother. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. So they, they were saying, no hope, he's, he's done. The enemies were getting bigger than you could ever imagine. Nobody thought you'd make it. But he said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, not my brain. Right. Right. Uh, did you hear that? Yes. Sometimes we pray with our head. It doesn't work. Cry out. Talk it out. Get it out of you. He heard me out of his holy hill. Now look at the next thing. It says, I took a nap. <laughs> I laid me down and I slept. I didn't care about all the crowds that want to destroy me and the networks that want to knock me out and the friends that don't believe in me, including the guy working on my staff out there. I just went and took a sleep. I, I, I prayed and then I slept. Say, I'm going to pray and then take a nap. Then you know God's going to take care of it. Okay, Nathan, is that what you're going to do? Okay. I await for the Lord what? Sustain me. You better lift your hands and thank God he'll do that for all of you. Come on, people. He'll do it if you pray. And then the next verse will make you shout. I will not be afraid now. He was afraid in verse 1. Allison, he was afraid in verse 1. Judy was afraid, afraid in verse 1. Now he's not afraid. He said, I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me round about. 
He went from, I got these enemies and it's over. But I'm going to pray and take a nap. And when he did, he woke up and said, let them show up. I'm not afraid. I will not be afraid of thousands of people that have... And, and when you read that, that psalm, it'll strengthen your soul. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.